Um, and I'm really, really grateful and honored that uh, John Lynch is our guest speaker this morning. So we give John a warm Hope Covenant welcome. Yahoo. Good morning, everybody. Well, it is an honor to be here. I, you know, I realized something recently. I went to a birthday party at Doug's, and just some of the community that was there, and you loved me and received me. And I, I really did. I thought after, I said to Stacy, if there wasn't an open door fellowship where my son is pastor over on the west side, this is where I'd be. This is a community where I'd be. So if something bad happens over there to my son, you'll know. Yeah. Hey, and I am going to be um, perhaps rude and leave right after the service. Forgive me. My wife is a marshal at the Phoenix Open. And uh, so I am to go be there as her deputy or something. But she is the, she is the worst marshal ever. Seriously, I, I was with her, Caleb and I went on Friday. This actually happened. She's holding up a sign that says quiet because there's golfers behind her trying to make a putt and earn their livelihood. And my wife has the sign up, and she is chatting it up while she's got the sign up. <laughs> and another marshal had to say to her, shh, she's got this going like this. The worst, the worst marshal ever. And she is my wife. Well, you guys, um, a while back, there's a church called North Point in Atlanta, Andy Stanley's church, and the, the men's ministers asked me if I would come out and do five sessions, and they said, there's one question that men think about a lot, but they don't know how to say. And it's simply these three words, am I enough? And, and they, they said, would you create a series? Of, and I did a five-session series. I'm, this is going to be part of that. Hopefully, you'll have me back for the rest of it. Um, but I wanted to answer it. See, I could build a case that nearly everything I did for most of my life, no matter how selfless appearing, was for the purpose of proving to myself that I was almost enough. Shame. Shame. It hisses seemingly from inside you that you are not enough. It came with the DNA from the fall. You know, you know what shame says. Guilt says you have done something wrong. Shame says there is something uniquely and particularly wrong about you, your person. And no matter what you do, no matter what training you get, no matter how much time you spend, it will always be there and everyone can see it. You are in deficit. That's what shame says to you and it screams at you and it whispers at you. It hisses at you at your job, when you're parenting, in your marriage. And this is not just for men, but for everyone. That insidious, violating voice that you can hear after you've been embarrassed or when you've done something wrong or something you're shamed of, the evil one, I don't think, has a greater method to render you impotent 
and to try and rob you of your destiny. It can steal your joy and twist every work in family and ministry relationship. Operating out of deficit and trying to bluff to somehow prove that uh, you are enough when you're not convinced that you are. And by this age, I have at least compiled a list of what I'm convinced will not answer that question. Um, Success. I would have thought success would have answered it. It hasn't. Um, Marriage. (laughs) Actually increased the angst of that question. (laughs) Intimacy. uh, Accomplishment. Money. The thrill of the deal. Christian service. Mentoring. But I want to tell you, There is a high cost to everyone around you if you cannot answer the question, am I enough? Those closest to you pay the most. Um, You're uber sensitive uh, to even falsely perceived slights. You spend your days attempting to prove that you're enough instead of simply living with nothing to prove. It erodes your confidence in Christ's love or ability, the real you never really fully gets known by almost anyone. You're distrustful of any affirmation. You parent convinced that respect of you is the main thing because you're in deficit and you presume that even your kids can see that you know that you're not enough. You have a hard time receiving or giving grace. You isolate because it's hard to stay in public believing others can tell that you're not enough. You hide your struggles, your obsessions, your addictions and failures because no one can see that you're uniquely messed up. Achievement becomes the hollow proof that you're enough. Defeating others is your currency and And so people maybe receive your talents, but they rarely get your person. And people can go through an entire life playing that out. All my life, I have been longing to be convinced that all of who I actually am is truly and can completely want And so God's answer is stunning, but it will come only by these truths of identity of who you are in Christ and putting your full weight on them. So in a little bit, I'm going to come around and ask you, um, if we believe this, if this was true, how would it affect your relationship with your spouse, with your kids, with your friends, those you work with? So, Richelle, if you will, put those up, those, those five statements. I would contend to you that if I can understand these five, I'll be able to say, yeah, I'm enough. In fact, I'm more than enough. God says I am. 
Chosen personality, I'm going to get there in a second because it's probably the one that I want to spend the most time on. Complete change, maybe the one that I think that we least understand. Changeless love, and, and, and that simply is that what Kevin's talking about. The fact that there's nothing I can do to make him love me more, and there is nothing I can do that will make him love me less. Uh, um, Continual renewal, 2 Corinthians 4.16. I spoke on that the last time I was here, that, that incredible sense that 24 hours a day, seven days a week, no matter whether you think you deserve it, no matter what's happening in your life, God is renewing you. Not from outside, but what was already given to you when you put your hope in Jesus. The best way for me to describe it is... is um, like perfectly enriched soil, and God takes that soil and turns it over so that it can get oxygen and light so that it can bear fruit. That's, that's, that continual renewal is going on all the time, and then constant forgiveness, that that. Beautiful verse for me out of uh, Ephesians 1, where he says, In him, we have redemption. We've been bought out through his blood, the forgiveness of trespasses according to the riches of, of his grace. He did it all. He saw me down through history. He saw my face and said, that one. That one, I'm going to go to the cross so everything will be clean. And now all I do is say, God, I, I don't feel clean. And he goes, what do you want to do? Is your shed blood still strong enough for me to experience that cleanness? And he goes, oh, yeah. That's all I ever want is to know that I'm clean. And he says, you are. So let me go back to these first two. On that list, God says, chosen personality, I wanted a you on this planet at this time in human history for those I've prepared for. I created someone who looks exactly like you and carries your personality and only you will do. He made no mistakes. There are no crowd fillers. <laughs> There's no people that are just background for stadium shots. I love you for exactly who I made you to be. I love the one I created exactly as you were created. Yes, your response to the fall and Family lines behind you has created patterns in history, but nothing can undo the person I delighted in creating. Nothing about you was a mistake. Even those physical imperfections and bents in your personality, I am using wonderfully. I want to go, no, 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 my feet turn out. It's so weird. <laughs> and he says, I know, kid. I know. I'm very fond of those. And I say, I'm too loud, I'm too much. People tell me I'm too much. He goes, I know. But you, only, you, only you can reach some people. Some people need exactly 
John Lynch. And they need exactly you. And you, sir. And you. Every one of you, before the world began, he said, I need and I want and I delight in an exact you. You're not behind. You're not in deficit. You're not behind never being able to catch up. You're not in comparison with someone else because, by the way, that person over there that you're comparing yourself to, uh uh-uh. They can't do what you can do. No, no. Wow. Such is a conviction that allows me to walk into this world knowing there's nothing intrinsically in me that will necessarily push others away. I love this in Psalm 139. The psalmist says, oh, you, you, you know me, you search me, you know when I sit down, you know when I rise up, and, 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 and if we read the book, the Bible, through a moralistic filter, we'll go, ah, see, he knows too much. He's gonna call me out, he's gonna expose me. No, that's not what this is about. He says, you understand my thoughts from afar. You're intimately acquainted with all my ways. Who else does that? Who else cares to be acquainted with all my ways? Not my wife, not my best friends, not my kids, nobody. He says, I want to know every, I know every single thing about you that hurts you, that scares you, that freaks you out. I love you so much. He says, you know everything. You you, you know when I'm going to say something before I say it. And and then he makes this incredible statement in verse 5. He says, you put your hand on me. What a statement. What an intimate statement. He says, you put your hand on me and it does not leave. You put your hand on me. You're saying, I know. I love you so much. And I take my stand with you. And uh, I'm not going anywhere. You are, you are a kid. You are way more than enough. This hand's not going anywhere. No matter what you get yourself into, count on this. This hand is here. The psalmist flips out. Verse 5, he says, oh, it's too wonderful for me. I don't even know what to do with this. And then in verses 13 through 16, you get to watch yourself being formed. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret, and I was skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book they were all written the days that were ordained for me when there wasn't even one of them. You particularly and uniquely formed every bent of who I am. And then you just delight in watching it mature. Not just so you can do things for God, but simply so that you can be enjoyed and get to enjoy him. He says this. 
in verse 17, in verse 18. Oh, how precious your thoughts are to me, God. How vast is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would outnumber the sand. You think about me all day long, more than there are sands in the seas. Every day you think about me. The intricacy of how minutely and nuanced you think about me is so stunning. You can't get over me. You're crazy about me. You're wild about me. Oh, you can't stop it. Is that unbelievable what he says? So, so, so I'm not in deficit. I'm not not enough. I'm not the wrong one to parent my kids. In fact, I'm the exactly right one to parent them. I'm the right one to be spouse. I'm the exact right one to be up here today. I don't know, Tim Keller maybe, but, but, but I'm in the top five. Now, I want to ask you something. If you knew you were not in deficit, if you knew that this was true and that he had actually created you to get to go out, he goes, I got a person over here. I got got someone over here. And you, you are not a mistake. In fact, you're the exact it for what I want to do with that person. Tell me, I want you to raise your hand for a second. What would that change in the way you parent, in the way you are with your spouse, in the way you see yourself, in the way you are with your kids, in the way you are with your friends, in the way you are at work. What would change, you guys? Raise your hand. Let me call. Hold it. Stop cheating. You've got to actually <laughs> raise your hand. Raise your hand and say, yes. Yes. Say why. So well said. So well said. What else? What else? What what else? Everything. Uh, But specifically, what are you thinking of in terms of parenting or? Yes. Woo. Woo. I could relax and stop trying to be someone else. So good. What else? Please don't let me down over here. I wasn't sure about you from the start, but I've given you every. Yes. <laughs> oh. Oh. Oh, think, think of what she said. I could be so much more because I'm not worried about trying to be that better mother of clawing it, trying to be enough. Beautiful. What else? What else would change? Yes. Boom. Love would just flow from you. Why? Nothing to fear, nothing to be afraid of. I am the exact it that he wanted. What else? Yeah, uh, 
There is a freedom, and then there is a bondage that's broken off of you that you have held for so long, and generations of your line have held for so long. And if you believed it, if you believed this was true, it would never come back. By the way, let's, let's stop play acting. How many do you believe that what, what I just taught is in Scripture? Raise your hand. Not everybody raised their hand. How many believe it's not in Scripture? Raise your hands again. How many believe it's in Scripture? Okay, now here. Here we go. Here we go. All those things you said, they're not made up. They're real. And all you have to do, you don't have to go out here and say, I ought to really work on that. We're done with that. It didn't work for us. You say, um, I'm choosing to believe what you said is true. I'm going to rest in it. I'm going to count on it being true. And he says, shuck. It will change everything. All right, second one, and this is as far as I'll get, is complete change because I'm I'm convinced that maybe this is the least applied or understood truth. It's maybe one of the most very important truths to understand and radically risk. You are fused with Jesus. I, I can't tell where you stop off and where he starts up. You're not a better saved version of the old you. Your entire being, your entire name, your entire power has entirely changed. Galatians 2.20 teaches it so loudly. Paul says, I've been, I've been crucified with Christ. The death that he suffered, it, it, the moment I put my hope in him, it became my death. And and it's no longer the old I who lives. That guy who tried but couldn't be enough, he he was inconsistent. He, 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 He was a phony. He was a fraud. He was trying, but he didn't have it. Now, there's old things from me that are still there. I still have the same tastes. I still like Volkswagen vans. I still like uh, cheesecake. I still like 60s music. I still have all that. But the old John Lynch is gone. And now, Christ lives in me, he says. And the life that I live now, I live by faith. Here it is again. By trusting in the Son of God who died and rose for me. I, all I, here's, here's how I live this gig out now. Not, not anymore by promising or proving or trying or striving or any of that moralistic, law-based stuff. That's dead to me. The way I live now is I, I look at what he says and I say, are you kidding me? I question your taste, but I trust your character. And so I will believe. And he says, that's how we live now. 2 Corinthians 5.16 says the same thing. Yet a brand new creature. 
You're not a saved sinner who's down here trying to one day attain to be enough and he's up there and you're down here and you're, you're going to get to go to heaven but he doesn't much like you. It's over. I, 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 I know I'm going to step on toes here and I don't, I don't want to be flippant but that whole thing, I hear it every time I hear a concert. Oh, tonight let there be less of me and more of him. What does that even mean anymore? Christ in me, the hope of glory. No longer this, you're good, I'm bad, shameful, disgusting vermin that I am. Let's get me smaller, smaller and smaller and smaller. And that somehow will glorify him. <sighs> no, it won't. I must decrease so he can increase. Not a thing. It was true for one person. And it was about his role, not his person, John the Baptist. All these things are true about you. Go ahead and bring them up, Rochelle. The core of your being is now fused with Jesus. He lives in you. You have a power greater than willpower. The power of the resurrection lives in you. You know that you're fully holy and righteous? Not someday, not maybe, not, not if, and then maybe get two-thirds of holiness or righteousness. Um, Ephesians 4, 2 Corinthians 5, they all teach. You're actually, how could it happen otherwise with Jesus in you? You have full righteousness, full holiness. I didn't say full maturity, but you're not, you're not striving after some form of holiness and you're this miserable wretch until then. The most real you, oh, I love this. The most, how this would change how I look at sin. The most real you doesn't want to get away with anything. Is that so good? The core of who you are, you're not a bad person who's trying to manipulate your world. You know who is at the core of who you are? Is a lover who wants to give their life away. That's not how you should be. That's just how you are. And bad religion has anesthetized us and made us rebels. And if we can get rid of bad religion, we get to experience that. You have a shame-free identity at the cross. You didn't just get a ticket to heaven. Hebrews 12 says, your shame story, it went away. You can hold on to it if you like it, but, uh, but nobody believes it anymore up in heaven. All the angels, God. You have a Christ in you story now. Next slide. Your strength is in his grace. I am so tired of people saying grace is easy. You can't have too much grace. You got to mix it with things. Like what? Mix it with what? You, get, you use it like a, like a condiment, like paprika. No, listen, grace is it. Grace is where you get your power. Romans 6.14 says, sin will not be master over you because you are no longer under law, 
you under grace. Sin will not be master over you because you're no longer under moralism or buck up or striving or pretending or play acting or faking. That's, that gig's over. You're under grace and the power of who he says you are, the real you in the center of who you are, the fact that he says, I'm not ashamed of you, I'm not disgusted with you, I will never condemn you. The fact that you have the power right now to trust him. He matures you from the inside out. You're never condemned or resented. The goal of the Christian life is not in what you can produce, but learning to depend upon what Christ in you can produce. And his love for you now is fully released. That's who you are. You guys, again, raise your hand if, if what I'm teaching is from the Bible. Thank you. Christ in me. I wear a robe of righteousness on my worst day. I'm not behind. I'm not in deficit. I'm not disgusting. I'm not. He doesn't look at me and say, yes, you get to go to heaven, but, but, but nobody, we heard you pray the prayer and we had to respond, but we weren't happy about it. So, so what, what would change in your marriage, in the way you parent, in the way you live your life, in the way you talk to your friends, in the way you deal with your associates? What, what, what would change if you believed all this would, was true? Raise your hand. What would change? You're cheating. You've got to raise your hand. There's someone over here who's playing by the rules. Thank you. Yes. I. Why would you have joy? Yes. You would have joy because you wouldn't have to keep working to try to be enough to have Jesus like you. Yes. Why peace? Why peace? Uh, because you would realize that Christ paid the price for you. You get to take a deep breath and be a complete peace. So good. So good. What else? Yes. Oh, God. Your faith would be so much stronger because you would stop doubting yourself because he's made you enough, made you perfectly enough. So good. What else? Yes. Oh, I would be quick to forgive myself and others too. I'd go, he's doing the same thing for you. And maybe not as good as he's doing it for me, but still, certainly, <laughs> certainly good. Yes. Woo! Did you hear that? You could be recklessly giving. Oh, is that good? Yes. 
Say it again. Yes, I would have crazy, daring, risky confidence because I'm not living out of a deficit and always thinking, who are you kidding? Who are you kidding? Don't you know what you just did back there? No, you'd have wild confidence. Yes, sir. Wow. I'd be willing to be, I want to be transparent with God and others because, like, what am I hiding? Remember what we've said in, in that book, what if there was a place so safe that the worst of me could be known and I would discover that I would be loved more, not less, in the telling of it? And the answer is, our unresolved issues would begin to melt away. Listen to us. You guys, listen to us. Um, this is freedom. And, and the biggest mistake we can make is to walk out of here and say, I'm going to really, I, listen, I, I heard that message today. I'm, I'm going to really try harder. I'm, I'm going to get really after it now. And I mean it this time now. I'm going to. I'm going to, you watch, I'm going to, I can be, and it's okay to say, no more. That game is over. You, you haven't been taught it here for a long time. And now you just get to say, if that's true, and it is, and the words that you said were not hype. You were not hyping it. You went into your heart and said, oh my gosh, I can see it. I can feel it. I'm, I'm, I'm visualizing it right now. You know it's true. Uh, Jesus, would, would you do that in me? Would you let me believe that? Would you let me put my trust on it even after I have a really lousy day tomorrow? Remember, we died with Christ, and now the old me is dead, and the new me lives this way, by trust. Father God, I give this sacred community to you. Each of them, each of them, no matter what they think or what they don't like about themselves, has been given a distinct, unique, chosen personality. And even now, even if they're in their 70s, even if they're in their 80s, you're not done. You still have that beautiful purpose for them on this life, on this planet, with people that only they can reach. And Father, would you convince us that we are not saved sinners who just um, should stay out of the way because we're a lot of work and we're messed up and we really can't do much and convince us that instead we are Christ in us, brand new creatures, and you can't get enough of me. Would you let us, Father, by your grace, Believe these truths. And we're 
ask it in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen.